You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily podcast on the Minnesota Timberwolves, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to another Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your host here, Colton Molesky, bringing you daily Timberwolves content. Make sure to check out the FanRag website, Locked On Wolves, as well as the at Locked On T Wolves Twitter page. You can also check out my Twitter page if you so desire, at C Molesky, M O L E S K Y. We have a lot of free agency stuff to get to, so I'm just going to try and wrap through a bunch of this really quickly. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get to everything that I can. If you wanted to hear something and I missed it, I apologize. You can tweet at me. Uh, I can put it in another show, uh, but it'll probably be in a later show as well, breaking everything down uh, in smaller increments. But we got a lot of news to get to, and so today is going to be basically uh, a news a news day podcast, and we'll we'll continue to look at this free agency, agency and the, the landscape that remains, which players are still around, and all that good stuff. We'll continue to look at all that stuff throughout the week. Obviously, traditionally, 4th of July, maybe won't have the sparks that it did the last few years, but still a big day in NBA free agency, free agency has kind of been made. One of the, the days where plenty of deals go down on the 4th of July, and I'll still be doing a podcast on the 4th of July. That's right. You have a holiday. I don't. I go, and I still get the podcast done just for you guys. You're welcome. Anyways, anyways, I will be covering all that and keep you up to date on all that, but it was a busy weekend already, so let's dive into some of that. So I don't want to spend too much time on it. I want to get to the Timberwolves news, but I feel like we should address quickly just some of the big free agents that are already off the board. Paul George re-signed with Oklahoma City. He signed a three-year, $130 million contract with the Oklahoma City Thunder going back to uh going back to where he was last year even though the big speculation was that he would be an LA Laker locked in as a Laker for sure this season but no he uh the the sales pitch I pitch I guess that the Thunder and that Westbrook was able to make was enough to to draw him back and Paul George will be running it back as Carmel Anthony also opted into the final year of his contract that was with the, originally with the Knicks before he was traded to the Thunder. And he is going to be back there as well. So the same trio of Westbrook, George, and Anthony will be back again in Oklahoma City. So that was very interesting. I was, we were all kind of, you're watching, seeing if that's going to change things at all for the Lakers if that means that they have to sign Kawhi before LeBron gets there. But nope, LeBron ends up leaving, signs a four-year, $154 million contract. And it's not so surprising that LeBron went to the Lakers. What really surprised me was the number of years he signed up for. Four years. The last year is a player option, so technically it's only a three-year deal. But still... That's the longest contract he's signed since 2010. So when he went back, or when he went to Miami, when he went to the Lakers, or back to the Cavaliers, all these were short-term deals. And then he now all of a sudden decides 
to really just go all in on the the Lakers and all in on the system they have and all in on this idea of beating out the Warriors in the Western Conference. And so that was that was a an explosion. Everybody was blowing up yesterday when that went down. Crazy time to be a basketball fan. Just love that the sport is twelve months a year now and crazy how that kind of changes the landscape here because now not only do you have Kawhi still on the board, you have Boogie still on the board as far as people who are going to be moved around. I know Kawhi is not a free agent, but yes, he really is going to, he really is, he has to go. He has to go this summer. There's no way I, that the Spurs can retain him. So not only do those two guys have to move, but you have this situation where the East is really wide open and you've got two teams in the Celtics and the 76ers who have these rosters where you know they're going to get to the Eastern Conference Finals, and nobody else really has a ton of confidence. Like, the Pacers, you know, could be a playoff team, but you're not really sure where they'll end up in the playoffs. The Toronto Raptors uh, probably will be in the playoffs again. You're not really sure where they'll be in the in the playoffs. You're not really sure. What, they're not going to be locked in as a, a three-seed or something like that. And then everything else is just a blank slate, a real blank slate in the East. And the West is jam-packed with superstars. You've probably got 10 teams now that are playoff teams that are going to be vying for eight spots. A lot of people are going to hate it. I think it's going to be fascinating. And I want to talk to that. I want to speak to that to that rush of talent to the West but first, let's cover some of the NBA news that is directly linked to the Timberwolves. So the Timberwolves also had a very busy week, very busy week. So they waived Cole Aldrich, and they will be paying him $2 million to get out of that contract, but getting out of $5 million, so they're going to be freeing up $5 million in space. This is a good move. Uh, even that little bit of wiggle room is nice, and it's important when you're uh, a, bite t- a, a belt-tightening team like the Timberwolves, every little bit counts, and so that five million is important, and that uh, that's going to be, that's going to be a nice little bit of wiggle room. It's not it's not huge, but it is something. It is something, and while you still have the Gorgie contract on the books, uh, it is nice to to get rid of one spot. It also is nice because uh, the roster spot is opened up now. You can maybe sign it. Uh, a free agent, uh, a free agent on the the minimum contract, and hopefully get somebody like a wing or something who's going to fix some of these problems because you have Taj Gibson, Towns, Justin Patton, those kind of bigs. I'm not sure if you need another guy to add depth. Maybe if you want to, you can sign somebody like an Amir Johnson. They've had interest in him over the weekend. You can sign him to a veterans minimum. But the the big idea is saving that money, and so. It was a nice move there for the Timberwolves. Uh, parlaying next into the Derrick Rose signing, he's coming back for a one-year, two-million deal. I like that deal a lot. I already had I, I tweeted this out as well, but I already had the podcast justifying why the Timberwolves should bring him back if the money is cheap. And you know what? One year, two million. I can definitely get behind that contract, and I, I'm a hundred percent fine with that money they're paying him. Uh, I, I I talked about earlier. Uh, I think it was it was definitely before the draft. I think it was like four weeks ago, no, three weeks ago. It doesn't matter. Uh, I, I talked about I'd be willing to go as far as a 
like third or fifteen million three year deal for Rose, and I'm totally fine with the one year for two. And I think that helps with their depth. I think that helps with a couple of things they can do versatility wise. I think he helps the second unit. I think that helps with some of the pace, uh, the transition stats, the the elevated transition that they play with Derrick Rose and the uh, the elevated transition that he's able to take advantage of. I think it all helps to give the Timberwolves a little bit different of a look on offense. I know it doesn't help their defense a ton, but a different look on offense. I, I definitely support the move, and I like it. And I think that it gives them a little versatility. The other thing that happened for the Timberwolves is that they reportedly, uh, I saw this from Star Tribune, so giving credit where it's due, but they're offering, they're not giving it to him right now, but the offer on the table for Butler is a four-year, $110 million max. This one, there's not really a need to talk about too much. I mean, duh, this is what you have to do, right? The, you have to retain Butler, and you have to bring him back. The whole team is kind of centered around Butler and Towns, and you have to bring him back. The word on the street is, I think, one... 87 for Towns is the max for him, I think I saw. Uh, don't quote me on it, but that'll be also in the future. But you got to bring these guys back. So those are no-brainer moves, no-brainer. And they just it makes sense. If you're, you're building around your blue chippers, then Jimmy Butler is that blue chip piece you got to build around. So obviously, obviously they're bringing him back. So those are kind of the moves the Timberwolves made over the weekend. I wanted to get into some things about the, the just the free agency landscape and some some observations I've made while watching everything, all, all the shifts in power and the, the plate shifts move around the NBA world. Uh, I've had some observations about how that pertains particularly to the Timberwolves. First, before we get to that, I'm going to get to some sponsors. So, talking a little free agency, talking a little NBA. Timberwolves, bringing back Derrick Rose, Wave, Cole Aldrich, talking to him, Jimmy Butler, Max is, LeBron James is in the West, Paul George is staying in the West, Carmel Anthony is staying in the West. It's interesting, over the last couple of years, you have this shift where the West was obviously had the edge over over the East for the last few years, but never more clearly than the last two years when you have all these guys either heading West or staying in the West. And you look at just the moves that were made. So last, if you go all the way to last year, Jimmy Butler gets traded on draft night and moves from East to West. And the Timberwolves, I got to imagine the, the feeling the Timberwolves front offices, you have Towns, you have Wiggins. And now you're bringing over somebody from the East, a, a star from the East to the West. And you say, now we can contend with all these stars. You have James Harden, you have Curry, you have Durant staying. Or at, even at the, the time, actually, you didn't know if, uh, if Durant was going to be staying. But you had Durant there. Excuse me, I get my timetables messed up. You had Durant in the West. You had Harden in the West. You have Curry in the West. You have guys like Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. You have all these guys in the West that you're going to have to contend with. 
But now you have Jimmy Butler, and you think that Towns is going to be a superstar. You were hoping that Wiggins was going to be a superstar. Now you can contend because you have this blue chip piece in Jimmy Butler. And then over the next two years, we've seen this mass exodus of guys from the west, from the east going to Western Conference teams. And it just really, it's just really unfortunate if you at all care about the Timberwolves and care about what the what the Tim Rules are trying to do here because having all this talent head to the to the east and now you've got uh, Jokic is going to stay there he's on the max deal Kawhi is going to stay in the the west uh this year you've got LeBron James has moved to the west last year you had uh guys like Carmelo Anthony he he went to the west you have all these players moving from east to west and it's just, if you're the Timberwolves, and I don't want to say you started this trend and started this trajectory, but you were a little bit ahead of the curve on the last two years of players moving from east to west, and star players especially moving from east to west, you're a little bit ahead of the curve, and now you've got all these players who are either staying or have come over to the Western Conference. It really is a bummer for the Timberwolves, just timing-wise, that this all lined up in the same few years. It really does stink. And now you got to look at the Timberwolves, and right now this roster that they have, you gotta you got to ask yourself, the best version of this roster, say we cut, we cut ties with Gorgie and we sign some B-roll players, and say we make a trade, and or, or we, you don't even make a trade. You just have the players that you have, you get rid of Gorgie so that you can sign some B-level, C-plus level, C plus level uh, role players to come help your bench and help sturdy your second roster. So you've got Wiggins, you've got Taj Gibson, you've got Jeff Teague, you've got Jimmy Butler, you've got uh, Towns, you've got Tyus Jones, you've got Justin Patton, Josh Okogie. Say these guys are panning out and you've got some other role players because Gorgie's not on the team. That's... It, Right now, if you're keeping most of the pieces, that's the best-case scenario. Does that team get past most of these teams in the first round? Does that team get past the Rockets, the Lakers, with, with LeBron James now and probably Kawhi? Does that team get past the, the Warriors, the, the Pelicans? Does it? Does it get past those teams? And if not... What's the move? What's the move here? Because this is a really pivotal point for the Timberwolves. Because right now, you have the appropriate amount of young guys and you have the solid talent. Right now, you either really buy into what you had last year and just making the kind of smaller modifications and really rolling with that roster. Or you say, you know what? We've got Jimmy Butler and we're gonna, we've got Towns. We're going to keep those two players. And we're going to try and get super young because those two guys will be around for the next uh, four or five years. We're going to try and get super young players. We're going to try and get rid of some of these older guys, get rid of some of these bad contracts, and we're going to 
not clean house, but we're going to get rid of a lot of pieces. We're going, we're going to be fine with turnover for the next year. The next year, we're all about turnover. We're all about getting young guys and getting new, fresh talent. And we're going to make, we're going to really buy into guys like Josh Okoge and Keita Bates Diop. And we've got guys like Taj Gibson and we've got guys like Derrick Rose on really manageable, shorter contracts. And we're going to get rid of our bad contracts. We're going to trade away. We're going to be fine with trading away. Everyone else, everyone else is on the table. And it's all in the name of younger talent, getting young draft picks, trading for younger guys, grabbing young assets. So maybe in two years we're not going to be great and we're going to be an eighth, ninth seed team in the West. But in three years, in four years, we're going to be a powerhouse with five guys who we really believe in who are going to be like 24 years old. Those are the two options right now. And I'm not saying one is better than the other. I'm not saying I like one better than the other. But it really is a a crappy situation. And it's a crappy situation for a lot of teams. And a lot of teams that are are having to face all these guys who are staying in the West and who are coming over to the West and building these souped-up teams. Like, if you're the Blazers and you've been building through the draft and been building these guys and not really been doing a ton through free agency and you kind of messed up your cap a few years ago on uh on on trying to keep guys like Aaron like Alan Crabb and so you've just been you've been solid in going through the draft and and, and drafting guys like Zach Collins and you brought in uh you you drafted guys like Damian Lillard and now you had this team that was a third seed but you're not getting any free agent superstars like these other teams like the Lakers like uh, the the Rockets like the Thunder that would really suck too because now you're in this spot where the Blazers are going to really struggle to to get they're going to be one of those teams that's going to struggle like the Timberwolves to make the playoffs in this crowded field this is a really crowded field and they're really going to have to fight with the Utahs and the Timberwolves of the NBA they're all in the same boat where this is going to really be a bummer, and you you kind of you did the best you could with the cards you had, and and still it doesn't matter. The Lakers still got LeBron James at the end of the day, and so if your expectations were any higher than just getting to the first round of the playoffs, you're gonna have to try and pull pull something out of the hat, and something that isn't on the roster right now. And whether that's just finding the perfect fit of B-roll guys so that your first and second units are are really churning out max production or if it's doing something different and approaching this next year differently than you've approached the last three years. One of those things has to happen. And so if you're the Timberwolves, this is a really pivotal year. Because your trajectory now is for the next four years. you got to be thinking about the next four or five years. And you don't want to look back at the end of Jimmy Butler's contract and have been perennially an 8-9 seed team and just been always competing but only competing to get to the playoffs, never competing in the playoffs. And the, if you, you do all this, you play the game, you put in the minutes, you figure out the contracts, you, you wheel and deal throughout the offseason, you're grinding throughout the regular season, you do all that with the mindset of trying to win a championship. And I don't care if the Rockets are really good, I don't care that LeBron's on the Lakers, I don't care that the Warriors are a juggernaut, but 
you have to keep doing this with the mindset of we're trying to put together a team that can potentially win a championship. And so when you look at the landscape and you look at the teams, the way they're set up right now, and you look at the talent that's coming, continually coming to the West and just continually flooding to the West, you got to think, do we need to pivot a little bit on the strategy? I'm not sure. I'm going to keep looking into this and, and breaking this down as free agency continues. But it's something to think about. It's something that I was thinking about uh, over the weekend as these guys continue to come to the West. Also, side note, it doesn't make any sense to me why team, why guys are going to the West. And if I'm Boogie, I'm going to the East. Like, it'd, be, it'd be really easy to go to the East and help a, a team that's like a B-level team just join up with a team like that and even get to the playoffs because there's so many teams where if you just go to a team and you're good enough like a Boogie Cousins, if you go to one of these teams, you could be a real difference. Like if you go to the Wizards, that that could be a really crazy good team. And now LeBron James isn't in that, isn't in that conference just sweetening the deal. I don't know. That's just me. That's just somebody who, if I was in the NBA, would want to would want to be winning all the time and do everything I could to be winning. So that would be my mindset. And so the East seems like a prime real estate spot for some of these superstars. But they know something I don't because they keep going to the West. And that's going to make it incredibly difficult for the Timberwolves. And it's going to be a really interesting year for the Timberwolves because you're going to find out you're going to find out a lot about this team and how they're thinking about their future, I think, this season. But that, that's my thoughts. That, that Covered a lot of news today. A lot of topics. We'll have more free agency stuff throughout the week. Thank you so much for tuning in to another Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Timberwolves. With daily Minnesota Timberwolves.